0: Hi, Jess.
1: Hey, Chris. How's it going?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm doing all right.
0: <laughs> well, welcome back to another podcast together. Uh, food for thought number whatever. I think. I we're, think like we're eight at like or something.
1: nine. I don't wow. know. I try to keep track of we're these. We're becoming legit knows. now. Yeah, yeah. They say I that so. seven
0: is the magic number with podcasts.
1: If oh, you can get okay. past
0: number seven, then. You are get you have good momentum, so
1: okay, okay, I'm happy to hear welcome, that. Welcome,
0: <laughs> I think, to the far side of number seven.
1: Okay, welcome everyone. Glad you're listening in. Glad you're still with us. <laughs>
0: yes. So you have brought a snack for us to try today, Jess.
1: I brought so here's my idea behind the snack I wanted to um okay so a couple of these snacks that we've tried they're like snacks from our childhood and I was like uh in my childhood I loved having sweet things for breakfast so yesterday I went to the breakfast aisle of the grocery store and I found something that I never had as a kid um, because no parent would buy this for their child obviously (laughs) but now I'm like I'm allowed (laughs) so I bought a very sweet cereal it's Hershey Kisses cereal, so think about those little Hershey <laughs> Kisses, and think about how weird it is to have them in cereal format, and that's our snack for today. I'm very excited. I think it'll be delicious.
0: I mean, there's zero chance this is part of a balanced diet, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> sub-zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's no way that this could be a nutritional breakfast if you eat yeah. this.
1: Just a but they smell wind. heavenly. it so. smells so chocolatey. I it have a small like handful
0: that. of cereal in my hand. Okay.
1: I I actually have like a real cereal bowl, so I apologize in advance. People are going to hear me slurp this, but here we (laughs)
0: go. (laughs) What? Well, I snack on cereal as a snack, so I'm
1: not going to have milk. All right,
0: well, bottoms up.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: I like them. They're chocolatey and good. I think the what you're going to get, which I'm sad now, I just realized one of the best parts of a chocolatey cereal is drinking the milk afterwards. I'm it seeing it turn like chocolate to chocolate milk.
1: milk. Yeah. Oh, man,
0: that's the best part, and I'm not going to get yeah. that. Yeah. But, yep, uh, if you're looking for a, a yummy cereal, I mean, it's no surprise this is yummy. Uh, if you're looking for a nutritious one, I would say steer clear.
1: Nope. I will say, though, it's not... It's so delicious, but it's not like an original taste. Um, it's kind of like, mm. it tastes a lot like uh, Nesquik, like those Cocoa Puff thingies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Let me try the yep. chocolate milk bit. Mmm. Very good. Very good. Okay. You talk some more while I have a second bite.
0: <laughs> well, I have an intro. I have an intro for you, Jess. Are you ready to hear it? Uh, Jess... Have you mm-hmm. ever told a lie before?
1: No, I've never told a lie before, and I'm not <laughs> lying right now. <laughs> yes, I have told a lie before.
0: <laughs> uh, don't worry, this is not confession time with Jess. I won't. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't get you to tell me what you lied about because oh. <laughs> maybe you lied to me once. But <laughs> have you ever lied to yourself before?
1: Oh, that's a good. Po- I mean, I guess like that not... Yeah. Yeah, like when I, yeah. um, I don't know, when I just don't want to admit something to myself, like, mm-hmm. oh, you've had 10 pieces of chocolate today, maybe you should stop. I'm like, no, no, I only had one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, something like that.
0: Well, it's, it's a field that is actually gaining traction in especially sort of the world of philosophy and psychology is the field of self-deception, Basically, our capacity uh, to hide the truth from ourselves Correct. when that truth is a painful one to bear. And we seem to have this really enormous capacity to do that, to be able to ignore obvious signs uh, or, that there's a problem, to be able to justify some very toxic, unhealthy behavior, yeah. Yeah. to be able to do these kinds of things that keep us. Uh, from getting better because Mm. we don't really want to change or Mm -hmm. we just kind of don't want to give up that one little thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a great uh, quote by Timothy Keller on the idea of uh, self-deception. And he says, Self-deception is not the worst thing that we do, but it is the reason that we keep doing the worst things.
1: That's good. That's really good.
0: (laughs) It's very interesting and I can't find any a fault with it i think that's bang on the nose i mean it, we can certainly point to a lot of sins that are more grievous than you know kind of the excuses we make to keep us keep our bad habits afloat
1: mm-hmm. but
0: think about the bad habits themselves the very reason that we continue to do them is often because we're not willing to acknowledge that the problem exists we're not willing mm-hmm. to really face the unpleasant reality of those things and call a spade, a spade, call an addiction, an addiction. I mean, that's probably one of the more, uh, that's probably one of the worst parts of addiction is, uh, the unwillingness to admit that you have an addiction Mm. is the very thing that will keep you addicted and therefore Mm. destroy your body and your life even more, even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we all have this capacity within us of self-deception. And what we want to do today is look at that capacity, uh, address it, uh, address some of the excuses we use to stay in sin, but then not just leave it there. We want to find out why we're doing this, and so we can hope to overcome it as well. And uh, we want to begin with the Bible here. And there's a passage in, (laughs) in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, and it's the very first description that we have of sin And it's God speaking to Cain. And he says this. He says, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. When God says that, what kind of imagery does that bring up in your mind, Jess?
1: Um... I don't know if sin is crouching. It makes me think like there's some sort of wild animal that like mm-hmm. is is out to get me or something. Um, sin is crouching. I like that like sin is personified in a way. Like I don't. We think of sin as like an action, but like um, now that he's saying like sin is crouching, it makes me think almost that like it's it's a person, it's an enemy, it's something that's out to. It's actually a scary thought. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Have you ever seen uh, an animal? when it's hunting
1: no like a cat <laughs> like a to. cat or whatever oh, okay like a, yeah. not a wild animal no. uh yeah like a cat or something or i don't know my dog's not super vicious but um sometimes you see some mean dogs out there and yeah yeah they do crouch we, and uh yeah. when they do that you're about ready to run so
0: well i mean you think about that action what they're doing is they're trying to make themselves as small as possible so that they remain hidden so that they're mm, unseen mm-hmm. And they're also positioning themselves in such a way that they're ready to kind of spring into action and lunge before the thing that they're trying to catch. Yeah. And so you're absolutely bang on. Sin is sort of personified here as a predator.
1: Okay. It's
0: something that is out to get us. And, and we can learn two things from this very first description of sin. The first being that sin, it crouches, it appears small, it hides Mm -hmm. And I think what that can teach us, and it's backed up by other parts of scripture as well as just, you know, our understanding of human psychology. Sin has the ability to always appear smaller than it actually is to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, your perception of your own sin will always be what I'm doing isn't that big a deal. And then we can often back kind of keep going and then saying, but what that person doing is a really big deal. So we can minimize the sin in our life as we magnify the sin in another person's life. But just,
1: Go for yeah, I and I think also the opposite is true. Like sometimes um, we look at someone who's sinning or someone who's in like a toxic relationship or something and we're like, man, like how do you not see this like huge problem that you have? Um, but then it's true, like you can you can look at that in a compassionate way and be like, okay, but to them it just appears really, really small. Um, even yes. to you and to everyone else it's really obvious to that person because they're living in it. Just like if when I'm in something like that, like it appears small to me.
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. I think even the sin of self-deception um, is easier to recognize in another person than it is to recognize within yeah, yourself. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sadly.
0: So, so very sadly. And we can see the damaging effects it has. Like the example you just brought up, toxic relationships, that kind of self-deception can keep you trapped in places mm. that are very, very damaging as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So we have this problem that sin always appears smaller than it actually is. You know, it's hard to see sin. It's hiding it from us. And so, you know, we have trouble acknowledging it for what it is. And also, as the Bible says, its desire is for you. Mm. Sin yeah. wants you. And there's this sort of sticky quality to sin, or there's certainly this sort of backwards momentum to sin, which is it, you know, when you think you're done with sin, it's not done with you. You
1: Mm -hmm. think,
0: oh, I can do this thing. I I can be selfish this one time, and it's not really going to make me a selfish person. Or I can be, uh, I can give in to lust this one time, and it's not really going to affect me long term. But it's these decisions we make that even when you think, oh, I've done it and it's over with, it's affected you. And so the next time it's going to be maybe a little bit easier to make that decision. Or it's going to be harder to kind of pull yourself out of the situation that you've already got yourself in. When you think you're done, you're not really done.
1: I think it's what you're saying sounds a lot like habits, like you do it, you give in this one time and then the next time it becomes easier because it's just a question of like learned behavior. And so, yeah, the yeah. more you do something positive or negative, if you want to look at it completely neutrally, positive or negative, the next time around, is going to be that much easier to do. Um so yeah, that's why we can like fall into it over and over again. Like first it appears really small and second we're like, oh, well, it's just this one time and then eventually becomes a pattern. I know that's how it's been in my life. So yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it forms a character within you
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a
0: very unflattering character at that. We, we need to recognize the danger of sin before we can really understand how bad, and dangerous self-deception is. You know, we need to recognize the fact that we are geared, we're prone to minimizing these things. And we don't often recognize the real severe problem that a lot of these sins create. Mm -hmm. But when we begin to understand that, we start to see that the excuses we make to continue to justify these sins begin to sort of seem very weak, don't they? Okay. I mean, we use all kinds of excuses to justify <laughs> sin. I know I do, at least. I mean, one of the big ones is, uh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of, we'll do something, but we'll think, you know, oh, maybe I, I mean, maybe I have a bad temper, but it's not like I hit, it's not like I hit a person. Uh, and then if you were to like, go and talk to that person who actually does hit somebody who like, let's say they hit their wife or something and you say, and then they'll say, Oh yeah, I, I, maybe I hit my wife, but uh, only when she deserves it. I'm not one of those crazy people.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, but
0: honestly, like that kind of stuff, like as absurd as it may sound, everybody will have a justification for why they do the worst things that they do so that in their mind, it seems okay. Mm -hmm. It seems and that's, you know, that's why we're talking about this today. Like, that's why the title of the podcast is Why You're Always the Biggest Liar in the Room because we lie to ourselves about this stuff all the time.
1: Mm-hmm i think for me if i want to bring like a humorous twist to it um i work a lot with little kids and like sometimes they get into like these huge huge massive arguments you have like one five-year-old who's a t- on top of another one like trying to beat them up and everything and then like you try to get to the root of what's happening and it's always like oh like he stole my sticker or something and i'm like what like you did all of this and i know there's other dynamics going on but it's just like sometimes we get into these really big problems but the excuses we use like oh he stole my marker or something it's it's ridiculous at the end of the day but like it just goes to show that some of the the patterns of sin that i have in my life like i use um, excuses that are as ridiculous and so yeah of course i'm the biggest liar in the room so yeah
0: (laughs) absolutely so there's the minimizing there's the blame Mm -hmm. game
1: yes Mm -hmm. you
0: know oh no it's their fault you know they're the ones who did it you know, like they stole my sticker. Yes, I'm <laughs> got a, got got. You know, him in a chokehold on the ground. You got it's to understand. Like, he stole my sticker.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The number of times it's, I've seen that. But I think like um, I'm really good at that too. Like sometimes, like I'm very irritable or whatever, and like I don't want to like take time to like sit down and listen to people or whatever. And I'm like. Oh yeah, but it's it's their fault like they should know that I'm tired and that like I don't have time to talk and like sit with them right now and it's like no, like I'm the problem. They're not. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can do that kind of stuff a lot. Mm. And the other mm-hmm. one is like we would we rationalize it by saying, "Oh, you know, I do a lot of good." Right? Like we we Yeah, I, that one
1: Oh, yeah, that one's subtle. That one's almost yeah. The thing is that one is almost believable in a way. It's like yeah there's the expressions two wrongs don't make a right no what am i saying i don't know like we just want to cover up uh the bad things that we do with the good things but then i think sadly that can turn into hypocrisy like we're going to try to pile up good works that people can see but then deep on the inside we're still we're still doing things that aren't glorifying to god and everything we're still doing things that hurt other people and that hurt ourselves but The appearance we keep up is that, oh, no, like, I'll just do good and, like, it'll cover for it. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, I know this kind of uh, dates the podcast a tiny bit. And so, you know, I don't know if someone's listening to this many years from now, but the scandal (laughs) that's going on right right now with Ravi Zacharias is a prime example of someone who perhaps was using a tremendous amount of self-deception to justify Mm -hmm. his behavior.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I
0: don't know what would have been going through his mind that he could, you know, have this public persona of someone who was doing all this tremendous, you know, service to the Lord and making all these speaking engagements and, you know, doing all this stuff, and then you know, behind closed doors acting totally, totally contrary to the values of, of you know, our belief and and being a very deceptive and manipulative person, and abusive yeah. person. Yeah. I don't know what it was that enabled him to to continue that kind of a lifestyle. But I guarantee you it was something along the lines of what we've been speaking about. Some kind of script that he would tell himself
1: mm-hmm. you know, self-deception.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, yes I do this, but it doesn't really define me. This is not who I am. Or oh, you know, you know, I, I do all this good stuff. It's it's okay if I do this one little thing on the side.
1: Or, I deserve you know, it, you know, I've worked so hard. And... I
0: deserve it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's really at the core of it, it was a form of self-deception that allowed him to continue to do this kinds of stuff again and mm. again and again and create this massive, massive problem in his personal yeah. life and in the lives yeah, of so okay. many others. And like we can see the, the real problem of self-deception here. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why why we use these techniques is because the 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 idea of confronting that truth that what we're doing is wrong and needs to stop and no excuse will justify it is so like psychologically painful for us because often whatever which in in whichever way we're sinning. We're sinning because it's giving us something that we feel like we really need.
1: Right, right.
0: You know, it's giving us a sense of comfort or a sense of self-esteem or a sense of happiness or a sense of security or a sense of, of power or importance or whatever it is. We're using it to get something that we feel like we really, really need. And the thought of losing that thing is so painful to us that we deflect and we repress and we do all kinds of things in order to keep that truth away from us.
1: Mm -hmm. And we
0: justify these toxic behaviors again and again in order to continue doing them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to recognize is that the root of the problem, we're trying to get something that probably at its very core isn't necessarily a bad thing it's okay right. to want security it's right. okay to want happiness these things are fine to want and actually it's the things that the gospel offers us yeah, but it's exactly. about how we go about getting them that can it's either sin or it's not sin and when we look at it that way it, it teaches us something really important about how we can end self-deception
1: yeah Sorry. I think Jill, just before we talk about like the end of self-deception um, you were saying just to backtrack a little bit that some of the things we are searching for um, whether it's security acceptance, happiness I just want to reiterate that like the gospel and like ha- developing a relationship with Christ like we are offered those things and I was listening to another podcast the other day and like god wants to give us those things but he wants to give it to us when we come to him you know um so yeah just to reiterate uh seeking things like um like even like pleasure and happiness and security you you can do that but it's the way you seek those things and if you seek those things outside of christ that's when you start to hurt yourself and hurt other people um but yes back to uh, how do we end self-deception and actually find legitimate ways of getting these things
0: yeah, I think you were bang on it. Like, we're not going back. You were you were helping oh, okay. <laughs> us to see the next step. It's essentially by seeing that the next step that we have to make is a step towards the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The gospel is, I think, the ultimate uh, the the blind spot remover. The, the, the sorry, <laughs> That's uh, like good, leader, I like that. People who do leadership and... People do like leadership uh, material and psychology and whatever else. They talk about blind spots. And
1: Mm -hmm. it's basically
0: a blind spot is something that is true about you, but you don't see it. You're oblivious to it. Yeah. Yeah. And because of these blind spots in our lives, we are capable of making all kinds of bad choices and Mm -hmm. establishing our identities in ways that's really wacky and, and askew. When we're given the job of creating our own identity, we're often got, we're pretty, pretty much always going to get it wrong, because you know we're riddled with these blind spots that we don't see. Uh, we only have a very limited capacity to really understand even who we are, regardless of who anybody else is, and so that's why we're we're full of pride or insecurity or you know all kinds of wrong things and think about yourself as a teenager there's so many things that you thought you were like this is who I am
1: and that turned out to be
0: totally wrong
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I and I think one thing that's that's funny too is that yes like there's so many times where we try to define ourselves and define our identities and we get it wrong but what's really sad behind that is that like we still keep making that same mistake in the sense that our culture totally encourages us to define ourselves or like do whatever you want to do do whatever makes you happy uh follow your own passions your own desires and all of that and it's like maybe part of the problem that i get my identity wrong is that like i'm constantly encouraged to do that and like you know if you listen just to the world then you're not encouraged to find your identity into something else and so it just becomes this like occurring problem i believe
0: i absolutely agree with you as well i mean that's part that's such a a relevant topic in terms of why it's a bad idea to tell somebody like you just go out and figure out who you are and don't give Mm -hmm. them any coaching or help along the way as if they have all the tools they need to be able to do that like part of the part of the teaching of Jesus was to tell the people who they actually were what it meant to be the people of God who Mm -hmm. God was and who how they were to relate to him that was huge and I would say God is the end of self-deception if you want right. to if you want to stop deceiving yourself, you need to have a confrontation with God.
1: Uh oh. That and sounds scary. That, that sounds because... scarier than like confronting <laughs> sin actually when we're talking about the crouching.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, God's not crouching.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> the reason for it is <clears throat> is because of these two things. God is both our worst fear come true and he's our wildest dream realized Ooh. he is our worst fear and he's our wildest dream and i want to explain why if you think about who god is <clears throat> he right. is the ultimate fact that we have to deal with right now if if god does not exist then ultimately everything is meaningless including everything mm. about you including yeah. anything nothing nothing is truly valuable nothing is truly uh important nothing is important nothing is valuable it's all kind of going away but if he does exist then you belong completely and utterly to him he if god exists then you owe everything to him and therefore it's the end of self denial because mm. you have to recognize the fact that living in any other way is still living in self-deception. Either God doesn't exist, in which case none of this matters, and it's, it's self-deception to convince yourself that it does. Or He does exist, in which case you don't get to decide who you are. You don't get to decide what's wrong or right. You, you owe everything to Him. And because we owe everything to Him, then that's our worst fear come true. Because Mm. we don't measure
1: up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think... When when you were talking about like either God matters or either God exists or he doesn't, like I feel like the, the first option, like let's say he doesn't exist and like everything I do in meaningless, I feel like that's not as bad as I owe everything to him. Because once you think about the idea, okay, I owe everything to him, it's like there's like this sense of accountability, like, okay, what I do actually does matter. It doesn't revolve around me and I have to answer to God. Like that is, that is scary. Uh, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't lying. It's our worst fear, realized. (laughs) It's a a terrifying thought because Mm -hmm. I think everyone in their heart has that fear and insecurity, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. I think a lot of people, I mean, that's what drives so much of our good and bad behavior is our sense of trying to justify ourselves. Yeah. Like, we we have that fear that I'm not good Mm -hmm. enough. And God is the end of self-denial because if He is who He says He is in Scripture, then you are not good enough. And all the reasons you've been using to call yourself good seem so utterly puny and meaningless in light of who He is and what He calls you to account for. But you can't use excuses anymore. You can't say, ah, yeah, but it was His fault, or, ah, you don't understand, like, it wasn't that big a deal. No, like... If God, if, if God is the way the Bible presents him, you're not good enough. And, mm. and it just empties us of that, that, those excuses that we use to justify ourselves. But that's not the end of the story.
1: Thankfully. And in fact,
0: that's just the stepping into the story. That's the first yeah. step into what's really going on in this world. Because he is also your wildest dream come true. Because as Jesus teaches us, you are deeply and utterly loved by God. He on the one hand, Jesus on the one hand will call people, you know, wretched, poor, sick, blind and <laughs> naked. And then right. as he says that he'll say, I I stand at the door and knock. I want to come mm-hmm. in and eat with you. You know, he, that he's a Isn't that a friend paradox? Like sinners. isn't
1: Yeah. Isn't that, that how did you say it like your wildest hope? Uh, what was it? How did you your say wildest it?
0: dreams come true?
1: Yeah, like wild dream in the sense that I would have never on our own. We would have never thought of that, that we could be so broken and yet be so loved. Like it doesn't it doesn't click for me right away. I have to kind of sit with it for a bit.
0: No, no one would truly hope for this. No one would even dare to hope that they could be fully known and fully loved. Mm -hmm. And yet that's exactly what the gospel offers us. The one who knows you the most loves you the most. It's Mm -hmm. offered to us free. Uh, Through the eyes of Jesus, we begin to see ourselves as we truly are. Beloved, deeply loved, cherished, forgiven, gifted. That's the first blind spot that's removed. That's the first self-deception that's taken away when we draw close to Jesus. We experience His loving forgiveness. We surrender to His leading after that because we realize how much we are truly loved by Him. And then all those things we're seeking after and we're chasing after sin to get them, security and beauty and joy and you know uh, a sense of significance, they are all found in Christ.
1: Right. So
0: it's not painful anymore to be able to admit the worst things about ourselves. It's not painful to be able to see the barefaced reality of our own sinful conditions because meeting them, yes, may mean that we get rid of these Toxic things that we're still getting as good things, but we're actually receiving the best from God. And mm-hmm. our identity is established on that. Mm-hmm. What God mm-hmm. thinks about you is the most true thing about you. I mean, that's just logically true. However, God defines everything is what it truly is. He made mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. How God defines you is, has more power than any other label that anybody gives you, even you give yourself. What he says has the power to rob all other labels of their power to define you. You are the one that Jesus loved enough to die for. You are God's beloved. That's who you are. And so now we can live in light of that story. And we know that he supplies our needs. He brings about his purposes in our life and his purposes is to give us a stable identity, security in this world, a sense of hope for the future comfort, now, purpose all of these things that we deep down long for Mm
1: -hmm. we get in
0: him I forget who it was but there was someone who said every time someone knocks on the door of a brothel they are unconsciously looking for God and and when we find him,
1: we actually find what we're really looking for Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm also encouraged by what you're saying because like you're talking a lot about like the way Christ loves us and just to go back to what you're saying, like we're deeply, we're truly known by Christ and yet he truly loves us. I think one of the reasons why we deceive ourselves and even why we try to deceive other people is because we want them to love us, but we're like, yeah, but they're not going to love me if they know this, this, and this about me, so we try to deceive people. But then Christ, who knows everything about us, like he said, the most true things about us is who God says we are. So he just knows us like in and out. Um, But yet he still loves us. That's really significant because if yeah the things that um we go around chasing are like uh out of a desire to be loved it's it's just very encouraging to know that we are loved by god you know and he he knows everything about us um and yet he still loves us i don't know i'm just i'm just really amazed by that it's something that i've heard a lot but like rediscovering that and re-listening to that it's it's a very different kind of love than what the world offers. Cause the world says like, Oh, you have to do this, this and this to be loved. And so then we buy into that. We're like, yeah, if people knew this about me, they wouldn't love me. So I'm going to try to do this, this and this, but with Christ, it's like, I know everything about you and yet I'm still here for you. That's, I think that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think about how the change that that makes in a person's life, like if you can, and scripture kind of teaches this, if you can boldly go with confidence into a room that has a God in it, then who else in the world do you have to be afraid of? You know, yeah. who else in the world do you, do you have to lack confidence? You can look Jesus in the eye. That's the kind of mm-hmm. dignity and confidence that we've been given. Mm-hmm. Who, are, who, mm-hmm. You know, you can look anybody in the eye now. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to be self-effacing anymore.
1: Exactly. And if we truly
0: own this, we're going to be agents of change, the, the real change rather than, you know those who are bound by the same kind of sickness and affliction that everyone mm-hmm. else is going through as well and i mean mm-hmm. this is what we this is why we can say you know the gospel the meeting god is the end of self deception
1: right right and um cuz they're talking about change too and if we're talking about that original verse in genesis 2 i think it was and it, god was talking to cain and then what did cain ended up doing he ended up killing his brother but i mean once we once we end self-deception and once we realize that sin is crouching and once we realize that Christ has power over that sin, instead of going around and harming other people, kind of what Cain did, we can go around and, um, yes, bring in true change, but bring in through true change through relationships that we build with people through offering them healing and the same love that God offers mm-hmm. us. So that's exciting, too, that change that the gospel offers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we become agents of change. So I hope that was helpful to everyone out there today. I know it was a big topic, and I think this is probably our longest podcast yet.
1: Oh, um, really? Thanks I for sticking that with that. us. <laughs> Could be.
0: Thank you for listening to us on our soapboxes over here.
1: We hope you have a great <laughs> it's day been
0: fun. Uh, again. If if you have any questions or if you have any feedback for us, we'd love to get a. We'd love to be in touch with you. So there'll be an email in the show notes. Feel free to use it to get a hold of us. Thank you, Jess, Mm -hmm. for talking with me today.
1: Thanks Thanks to everyone else for for listening. uh, Yeah. Thanks for uh, giving me an excuse to try this cereal. (laughs) It was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was chocolatey and good. Anyway, have a great day, everyone. Bye for now.
1: Bye, guys. Take care.